Left point, Wyman with five, scales it towards the net. It's blocked down by Giroux. He'll clear it. And the Flyers with a comeback for the history books from 0-3 down to win the series in seven games. Well, that was that was a monumental loss. And what we did, we, we wanted to be sure that we didn't overreact. Um, we, we felt, all of us felt strongly about the... Uh, for the most part, like the, the the core plus, you know, so not just the core, more than the core. Um, and we we felt that you know it, we felt that was a blip, and and we wanted to, you know, we wanted to get a little more depth. You always want to get a little more depth. Um, we you know, and the, the the in the larger scheme, we we you know we we hope that our group our. Our, our core would would grow from these experiences, and that was a significant experience. So we didn't want to. We used the phrase a lot: "Throw the baby out with the bathwater." So, um, you know, moves in that year were done later on in the year. So, you know, we um, um, at the end of the day that we wanted to have depth. We liked our we liked our core. We, we you know our even our defense group was oft criticized. I mean, I guess it's all relative, but was oft criticized. But we, we we defended very well, and uh, you know that the move that we tweaked on the D, I, th- I thought took some pressure off of the defenders to be offensive. So, um, but not not I guess my point is not a heck of a lot. Like you know, not not a major transformation. But we you know when you look back, you know we added uh, three or four key pieces um, that. Um, that made a big difference. I know we're going to talk about some of those key pieces. I, I, I wanted to ask you about the trip to, to Europe, right? I mean, at the beginning of the season, you know, it's, it's not a the orthodox way to start the season, right? You, you go over to Belfast and then you go over to Prague um, and how much that meant to the team kind of coming together and the group coming together to get ready for that year. Well, it's a good point, Beersy, because, you know, like, as much as we, you know, we're we're confident in the group. We looked at that like, you know, before we, we before we started planning and before we actually did it, we looked at that event. I'll call it as like, oh man, like this is gonna, this is gonna be tough. Something different that, you know, that we 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 want to make sure that it helps kind of do an entree into the year. And, you know, a lot can go wrong in those things, as you know, like little logistical problems. And then it's just a, it's just a, a mess. So, so, you know, when we're looking at it, we're like, it's not that we were worried about it. We were going to make something positive of it, but, you know, in our business, you worry about everything. So that was something that we wanted to make sure we did it right. Not just on the ice, you know, cause it's about, you know, getting the group ready, but also, um, you know, from a team building perspective, because we, as you know, we normally had some pretty good team building sessions and, you know, like, you know, you don't know what you're going to do over there. Like you can plan as much as you want, but once until you get over there and, and see what it's like and see, you know, you're, you're, you're uncertain. So looking back, it was terrific. It couldn't be better. And it was just, and, and I think really the Belfast part of it was, uh, really significant because it was it was easing into it on a number of different levels 
Peter, I wanted to follow up a little bit on on Howie's line of questioning. Uh, in in 0910, Rask had a few more starts than Timmy Thomas uh, in net, and he started all of the playoff games that year. I, I guess heading into the 10-11 season, what was your feeling on Thomas and ultimately the run that he had? Well, you know, like, again, along the lines of don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, I mean, Tim had, had a real good, obviously, a real good track record, and we were grooming Tuca, and he was probably, he was ready, you know, so we were at that point. So valid question, but um, we went in there, you know, um, against continuing to allow Tuca to, to uh, progress. Um, and you know what, if, if, you know, if, 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 you know, if you go back game by game, and I haven't done this, but if you go back game by game, you could probably see um, maybe 60, 40, um, but at the end of the day, um, you know, we had terrific goaltending depth and Tim, Tim stood on his head on a number of occasions. And, and again, we, uh, I'm just trying to recall prior to the playoffs. I mean, we, you know, we, uh, there wasn't, you know, like the last month wasn't really gut wrenching and we were comfortable. Right. So. It wasn't that we needed like huge performances at that point. I'm sure we got some, but you know, as you know, th- uh, three seven game series, you know, you need you need good goaltending in 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 you know in a seven game series, and we got it, and it gave us comfort that we had Tuca there. Um, but Tim, at the end of the day, you know, like like you know, the, if you look at the pattern that we started, it was you know it was it was Tim's net right. And, and we and we wanted to stick to our plan. I'll follow up on that, Peter. The, the, the other um, acquisitions that you made, right? Um, Caberlet, uh, Kelly, Peverly. That, that was a huge trade, right? You, you traded two pretty, well, at least, I mean, with Mark Stewart, very popular guy in that room. Blake Wheeler obviously has turned into an unbelievable player. But you, you traded some key pieces along that time. Yeah. And then the timing of it as well, Peter, because I think, if I'm not mistaken, we were in Calgary at the time. It was the start of a long road trip uh, out west, if I'm not mistaken. And just the the timing to bring those guys in. Yeah, again, the timing in that one, you know, like those deals, it's like, generally speaking, we tried to do our deals um, in a timely fashion so that we're not jammed at the deadline. And we did that with Kelly and... and, uh, yeah, this one, this one, it was, you know, we knew obviously Blake was one of our good players and he was yeah. young and we knew we had to give up something. I mean, these are deals that you, it's not like you don't know the value of the player you're trading. It's just like, you know, like in the NHL, you got to give something to get something. And, and we felt that we had um, that level of skill and talent that we were giving up like young skill and talent. And, the the guys we got back, I mean, you know, those like um, two way players, um, battle tested, still with game left, um, but you know, like you, you have to, it, it's you need that depth, you need that level of expertise, you need that level of experience to win, and. We basically, you know, at the end of the day, um, 
we basically said, let's go for it. You also had a couple of really young players that stepped to the fore. And, you know, it seems like every team, if you're going to win a Stanley Cup, you need to be able to have that within your organization. Two guys in particular, what sort of a, a step forward did two 22-year-olds take that year, Milan Lucic and Brad Marchand? Yeah, I mean, you know, they uh, they were – they were there were games um, – there were games specifically where I remember games in the playoffs where um, more so Luch dominated. Marsh had more of a, a more spread out impact, more consistent. Maybe Luch was up and down a little bit, but there were games when he, when he carried, you know, I remember one, the third period in the, in the, the one game he, he carried us like his, his, he was so impactful. And Marsh, you know, you could see both of them learning and growing, um, and you know, I'm, you know, just with those two and a couple other younger guys. One of the moves that we made previous, the Recky move, that that move was a really, really significant move that really gets lost when we talk about all this. Not lost, but doesn't get really the true emphasis that it should have. I mean, so many of the, the guys learned from Rex. Um, in the course of his tenure with the Bruins and, and, and uh, you know, from Chara, Berge, Kretsch, all the way down. But the two young kids, they really learned. And it was important to see, you know, the, the, um, the day-to-day competitiveness, the day-to-day professionalism that, that, that Rex displayed. And these, you can see these two guys learning from it. And, and, and I'm sure, I don't know, I don't know if they've talked about it when you guys talked to them, but, I know it's it's in their it's in their mindset all the time. So, but to have that youthfulness and sometimes over exuberance, you know that that stuff that stuff gets the emotions going, and that's important when you're trying to turn the momentum of a game or a series. Peter, it, the interaction between coach and GM is always kind of fascinating to me. You know how how much hands on the GM is, or or hands off the GM is. You, you, you guys go into the playoff series against Montreal and you go down two games to none. You're going up to Montreal. I, I, how much you know, how much interaction is there with Claude and, and, and the coaching staff uh, between you and him and, and just talking about what needs to happen next? There, there's a fair bit, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not like, like there's no panic. You know, we're all big boys. We know the, the, the potential consequences if we if we don't win that series. Um, you know, and the last thing players need to see is a coach or a GM, you know, going off the deep end in front of them. Um, we had been around. We'd been together long enough that we knew what we had to do, and and you know, nuanced discussions and whatnot. And and but I mean, Claude and I communicated very well during our time there. And, and, and that continued in that time. It was stressful, you know, and, and, but, um, you know, and uh, that was the series too, that we went to Lake Placid and that was, that was very helpful. Um, and that was planned in advance, but still it was, it was helpful. And, and uh, you know, and, and there you could sit and have a coffee, Claude and I and talk about stuff without, 
you know, having to be sequestered in a conference room at the Sofitel in Montreal or something, you know, because like they recognize everyone recognize you and there's Montreal was crazy at that time. Peter, as you think back, um, how did the way that the Canadian series went, the way it was decided in overtime in game seven really prepare you for the next three series and ultimately the cup and the road ahead? Well, I mean, it, it did. It did. And and I even go back to the Philly series. That was seven games prior, right? Like the prior year. I mean, this group, you know, it's like it's 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 a marathon, not a sprint. And they learned they learned that bit by bit. The Montreal series, you learn that, but you learn that in incredible emotional environment uh, in, in both in both Boston and Montreal. And, um, you know, it, it was, it was, it was difficult. Uh, not only was it incredibly stressful, but it was like, you you don't have any room to think when you're, you know, I'm just talking off the ice, obviously. And then of course on the ice, it's, it was crazy, but, um, but it, but it, you know, again, you know, it's, it was another experience. Um, and I think it gave us, it gave us, a little more composure um, because none of the other series, even the Vancouver one, just by sheer distances. And I don't know, it's just the, the rivalry, lack of rivalry. None of the other series were as emotional as the Montreal series. You know, the Tampa series was so good, right? Another seven game series and culminated in that, that last game seven, one, nothing win. Um, what are some of your memories from that series and especially the, the game seven and, and how it all kind of unfolded? Uh, um, that game was, uh, it was, um, I remember we just talked that series itself. We were like trying to figure out uh, how they played the, whatever you want to call it, the, their trap or whatever they did in the neutral zone. And that, that, dominate a lot of our thinking um it was uh you know we weren't as you know but for a couple of games including the last one we weren't really as defensive as we normally had been in that series if you look at some of those scores um so it was uh they had a real talented team and you know it was it was a it was a little bit of a chess match. Like, and, and we had, we had Claude and, you know, there's like three or four French Canadian coaches in the league and they're, 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 they're rivals. I know they are. And I, I would joke with Claude about it. And this was one of the cases with Guy Boucher there. So I know it was a chess match. Like, you know, there was always, you know, when you talk to the coach, our coaches about game plans in the, before each game, they were very intricate um, and rightfully so, but, Claude really wanted this one. Um, <laughs> that last game, I mean, that was a, you know, uh, it was a real, it was a heck of a game. And the, the, the goal was, you know, it was just, we beat that trap. And it was just, you know, it was a couple of good passes. And if it were only that easy, right, yep. <laughs> to get through that. But that's what we had to do. Um, so it was, uh, that was an entertaining game for, for a one nothing game. So you move on to the Stanley Cup final. You play the Vancouver Canucks. And the Canucks, the way they were constructed, that was a group that would bring out the hate in other teams. Did that play to the Bruins' strength? 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, they, uh, they had a couple of, uh, guys that, you know, the Kessler and Burroughs and guys like that, that, you know, we had, we had guys like that too. So, you know, did a play to our game. Um, pro- probably a little bit. Yeah. It probably, it probably, you know, you kind of like, don't poke the bear. Don't let, let, let a sleeping dog lie. Like probably got our guys going. Um, it was a weird, uh, it was a weird start to that series. And, um, you know, weird because, you know, we lose, we lose the two games out there and I, I still felt we we're going to win this series. And, and, and you build up all that confidence from the, the prior series. And, and if you remember those games, they weren't, you know, they were close games, those first two games. Um, so, but yeah, those like to have those kind of antagonist type players that we both had, um, it certainly helped and it helped it maybe it helped us a little more because the rest of our crew, I felt was a little harder than the rest of their crew. So, so I think that kind of tipped the scales. Peter, the, the, like every kid's dream, right? Play game seven and the Stanley cup finals, you guys between game six and game seven, flying back out there, just the emotions, maybe any stories you can tell us from what players said, coaches said, maybe you said, um, just getting ready and prepared for game seven. Um, I, I remember that flight. Like, I mean, it was game seven, but such a long flight going against the wind. It was just, here we go again. Um, did you have, did you have to stop off? Cause usually we had to stop like somewhere halfway. No, I think we did actually. Jeez, that makes it even longer. I, yeah, I think we did now. Now come to think of it, I think we did to refuel. Um, you know, I, 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 I can't think of anything. I mean, I can think of something that I did and it was chronicled in a book about getting a message the crummy cell service in the, in the rink. And I just wanted to calm Z down. And I, I, I gave Matt Schmer a little note to give to Z. I was up in the press box, just, you know, simple, you know, keep it simple. Cause Z and he could do a lot of different things. And, and, and sometimes you overtried and, it kind of got complicated when he did that. And I just wanted to, to reiterate that message to him. So I remember that I, 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 um, there was a sense of calmness. I mean, talking to the coaches before the game down in the room and van, there's a sense of calmness to the, like we all, we, like maybe van felt the same way, but we felt that we were going to win. Like it just, it was just like, we'd come this far. We had gone through so many, obstacles and game sevens and and uh we just kind of felt they i got a sense that you know i I didn't i didn't feel they were overconfident when i was you know i walked through the room and i sat with the coaches and uh it just seemed like it was it was our destiny i want to see if you can go a little bit further peter on uh chara so you were with zidano in ottawa you saw his growth what was that last step that he had to take to captain a team 
to a Stanley Cup? Well, I mean, he uh, – there was significant growth. Like the first year we had him, I mean, he tried to do everything, and we didn't have a good team. And, and I think a lot of people were thinking, you know, what have we done here? Um, but as you guys know, Z, I mean, incredible mental strength with all the rest of the physical um, attributes. And he, you know, he embarked on a mission to get better as a leader. And, and uh, you know, that's talking to a lot of different people in different sports. So you asked, what did he have to do or what did he do to become the ultimate captain to win? Um, I think I think he realized, and this goes with me talking about sending that message and talking about the first year. He didn't have to do it all himself, and he had he had peers around him that could help him, and and you know that you know that you know and, and even the you know like the the you know Bergy learned from from that group, and uh, but he had. You know, he had like Rex, you know, came on late and he realized, wow, this is someone that he could use. And he, I remember him, he offloaded stuff. You know, there's a lot of stuff with a captain that just doesn't mean leading on the ice and all that. There's a lot of different stuff that goes on, Beersy, as you know, in the course of a, a hockey season on and off the ice that a captain has to deal with, like a lot of stuff. And he used, he used, he delegated and, in, in, you know, he, 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 he used the people, the resources around him, the players around him. So, you know, that's, that's hard to do effectively. It's hard for a player to do. It's hard for any of us to do when we manage people. Um, and especially with Z, because his whole life, his whole career, I mean, he's physically been able to do things by himself, like on a team, like to dominate. And it, in Ottawa, it was... He learned a little from Alfredson in Ottawa. I remember just watching how Alfie dealt with things, but I think that was the biggest thing. And, 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 uh, you know, the adversity in that playoff run, um, you know, and even the adversity, the adversity in the Philly series the year before, I mean, he needed people around him. He needed that peer network. And, and I think he realized that he needed it. And he used it, and he got better. And and you know what happens when you, when you involve other people in these things, you become a better group. And that's what happened in the course of that whole playoff series. You could see, you could see him offloading different tasks and and bring people people in, and you know, and over the course of the the two months, and it really it really helped us uh, grow in that in that whole playoff run. I can't remember who handed me the cup. Um, I do remember. I do remember uh, holding it up and just you know thinking this is the, this is a culmination of you know a lot of dreams and hard work and all that you know things that we think about. His kids and his and um, you know, and also this sounds kind of hokey, but you see, you know, when you're holding it up and 
you feel kind of good. You look at them looking at you and to be part of it and to, you know, the, and uh, it was, you know, it was, it was a great moment. It was outside of the births of my kids and a couple other things with my family. That was the greatest thing that I've ever experienced. And, um, you know, it was, uh, it was just, you know, and the other thing was that we were able to enjoy it a little more in kind of close confines because we were delayed there because of the riots and stuff. So we were able just to hang out in the, in the locker room after with the, with family and, uh, and really, really relish it. And that was, that was cool. It was a couple hours we were there. So that was, that was pretty cool. Peter, if we, if we look at a couple of players and I mean, the guy that I look at, I've, I've been fortunate to watch Bergeron throughout his whole career. Um, I mean, he's just, he's class, right? I mean, he, he does everything the right way. Uh, how, how did you see him coming in as a new general manager? And then it, what he had to go through concussion wise to get back to the player that he was and, and that he is today. Well, I, I knew he was a good player. I didn't know he was that well-rounded at that young age when I came in. Um, it's very rare. You see a player like, like that with the, such a complete game and the skill to boot at, at that age. Um, that Yeah, that concussion year and what followed was part, you know, part of the, I guess part of the experiences as a group that make you stronger, not just Bergie, but you know, the group around him and his, his friends, his teammates, it was just, uh, one of the better moves we made and not allowing him to play that year um, against Montreal. Um, and you know what? He, you know, he, and he had a couple of subsequent concussions also that we worked through and, and he hasn't had one in a while by, by all accounts, what I see really cool to see him grow. Well, he was, he was a pretty complete player. Garner those leadership attributes, and it's just, you know he's and he's such a good person too. So and, he, and you know what, there's there's a lot of good guys on that team. You know that 2010-11 team, and they're they've they there's been a lot of trickle down. Like you look at the new players that come in there, that there's a lot of um values that they accept and and behavior that's expected and that comes from that group. Um, and uh, it's cool to see from the outside. Peter, you talked about the importance of David Krejci um, and how much you missed him when he got hurt in the playoffs the year prior. That year in 10-11, in he leads the league in goals, leads the league in points in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And Sean Thornton talked about it, just how quiet he is as an individual. What sort of a crucial piece was he for your team in that group? Okay, no so the Kretschy, Kretschy question? Uh, yeah, it was so long. Right? Sorry, Peter. I, you know, I, you, you was either you're going to freeze up or fall asleep. Um, <laughs> you know, but, but again, he led the league in goals that year in the playoffs, led the league in points, and you talked about how important he was when you lost him the year prior. Um, you know, and you, we talk about so many key players 
for the Bruins run in, in the 2011 season, but just how crucial was he as a player for your team in that group? Well, you didn't hear my shot at Thorny. I, I said that what, what quiet for Thorny is, is average for the rest of us. Um, but um, he, uh, he's like the, the, the silent assassin, Kretsch. I mean, he just, he just, you know, he, he just produces and he, he's a very creative player, but he's really, he's really good at protecting the puck. Um, and, you know, he just, he, he, he's, he doesn't get a lot of credit. He gets credit, but he doesn't get the credit that he should over, over the years. And everyone on the team knew how valuable he was. Um, and, uh, you know, like to have that, we call them one, a and one B. I mean, you know, he, he was like, there's very few teams that had or have that level of those number, the value of centers at, at the one and two hole. Um, he's just, you know, he's, and you saw it, uh, last year, right? with crutch. I mean, um, so uh, an unheralded player and the Bruins will miss him when he's gone.